So that's Psalm 127, page 624. A song of ascents of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Children under a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Thanks, Luke. We're going to uh, look at those words uh, a little bit later. Steve's going to come and speak to us. Before we do that, we're going to do something else. This time last year, uh, the church leadership presented a five-year vision built around three areas of ministry focus. Uh, Over the past four weeks, we've been thinking about four foundations of our church life together. Uh, But today on our Vision Sunday, we just want to think again about those areas of ministry focus to continue to set our sights on those things. Uh, The things that we identified last year, children's and families work, biblical counselling, and some church growth initiatives. And we're going to speak to those now. Darren's going to come, then Steve, and then myself. Darren, thank you. Thanks, David. So what, by God's grace, might the year ahead look like for children and families ministry at Christchurch? Well, three quick snapshots for you. Firstly, we want to be more deliberately equipping parents as they seek to raise their children as disciples of Jesus Christ. We'll be holding a series of parenting seminars. These will be opportunities through the year for parents to get together, think about parenting from a biblical perspective. We started that back in July with an evening on parenting in a world of screens and social media. Tomorrow night, a group of us will be meeting to think about discipline when parenting children under five. And going forwards, we'll be looking at lots of different topics for different ages and stages. How to read the Bible with our children. How to talk to them about sex and sexuality. How to help them navigate the pressures of school and friendships. If there are topics that you think we should cover, I'd love to hear from you. And my big hope with these seminars is that It will give those of us who are parents in the church family greater confidence to to share practical, gospel-centred wisdom informally with each other as we meet over coffee in our small groups. And then secondly, we want to look at how we're training our leaders as they teach the good news of Jesus week by week to our children. In Sunday Club, in Pathfinders and Grafted, those who support our children who have additional needs? How can we be more effectively equipping them in their ministry? Last week, with our Sunday Club leaders, here they are, um, we started to explore a little bit together about the big Bible truths that we want to be systematically teaching our children as they grow up with us through church. Things about God's character, about saving faith in Christ, about living the Christian life. I want to do more thinking about that in this coming year. And in a few weeks, I'm meeting with other children's workers across the city to discuss ways that we might work together to put on training opportunities, opportunities for our children and youth leaders here, but also maybe for those at other, maybe smaller churches, 
who aren't blessed with the same resources that we enjoy. And then finally, we want to find ways of reaching out to children and families in our city who may not yet have much opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus. Could we be more involved with schools, taking assemblies, supporting our reteaching, hosting visits here, helping children and their teachers to better understand the gospel of grace that is at the heart of the Christian faith? Could we take a Christmas trail into schools, an opportunity to explore the true message of Christmas in an exciting, hands-on way? And are there ways we could support those of you in the church family who are already busy building relationships in your local school to put on something there that would help more children and their families to hear about Jesus? We'd love to be exploring some of those possibilities this year, reaching out, pushing on a few doors, taking a few risks, seeing how God might be pleased to use us in the year ahead. So three quick snapshots. Please be praying. Thank you. For talking that bit through, we're going to think a little bit now about um, an area that I guess may be uh, the least clear to you of these three areas. Uh, could be that um, uh, the very term biblical counselling is a kind of mysterious uh, phrase to you. Um, so let me put it for you like this. Um, in many ways, biblical counselling uh, concerns the business of applying the riches that we find in the Bible uh, to the realities, um, and particularly the tougher realities uh, that we encounter in life. It, it's driven by a central conviction uh, that God in his word supplies all that we need uh, for life and godliness. Um, and therefore, to, to work out how to live life well, uh, there's no better place to go than to the riches of Scripture uh, for counsel from the Bible uh, to know how to live life the way that God would have it lived. Um, and our commitment to biblical counselling as a church is simply a commitment to, to help one another to do this better. Um, and that happens in all sorts of different contexts. Uh, so um, for all of us, I guess it happens in our friendships, um, in our everyday conversations, as we grow in our ability to, to talk about Christ, to talk about gospel truth. Um, in our everyday conversations. Uh, for some, of course, it will also mean speaking wisely of Christ, bringing counsel from the Bible into the areas that we're involved in leadership. Um, so we might be a small group leader um, within Tuesday Central uh, or a home group. Uh, might be a leader within a youth group here. Um, well, we want to get better um, at bringing Bible truth to bear upon uh, the struggles of the people uh, in the groups that we're involved in leading. And then there'll be a smaller number who um, might sort of, as it were, press on uh, to learn how to walk with people in some of the harder, uh, longer term uh, and more difficult and complicated uh, struggles and sufferings uh, that they may be enduring. But across all of that spectrum, um, wherever we uh, might sort of place ourselves, uh, the two convictions that sit behind that is that Christ will always be the most precious gift that we can give. Um, his wisdom, um, his knowledge, his truth. Um, and secondly, that speaking of Christ um, into people's 
battles with, with sufferings, struggles with their own sinful nature. Well, we'll be able to accomplish that if we have a sense of Christ having first spoken into our own lives. Um, I often say that you find yourself talking to somebody who, who's in a real difficulty um, and uh, you speak to them of how Christ is the one that they really need. Well, that won't quite ring true unless we've had our own experience of Christ being the one that we needed in our difficulties. But if we have known that, uh, if we've known how Christ has helped us, then we speak with greater conviction to somebody else of that truth too. Um, and to that end, of the, of the specific things that we're therefore going to do, um, many of them focus on um, opportunities for us to do better business with God ourselves, us to encounter Christ personally, his uh, loving care uh, for, um, uh, for our own uh, struggles and difficulties. So the first of these, the Real Change course, early part of 2019, uh, will run this newly revised uh, six-week course. We, we ran a, a kind of prototype a couple of years ago, um, which we enjoyed very much, those of us who did it. Um, well, it's now been picked up and is being published um, by an American publisher. Uh, a couple of guys from within Biblical Counseling UK put this together. Um, and it's a really excellent six-week resource. So we'll run that, um, uh, gather a crowd uh, to do it. For those who had a little bit more time um, and indeed um, uh, some spare cash, because uh, uh, it costs, it is a, is a much longer and more comprehensive version of the same thing. Um, uh, spanning over six months, uh, an online course um, being run by Biblical Counseling UK, um, Dynamics of Biblical Change. Um, uh, we've had a group last year um, did this and, uh, and profited from it, and we hope we'll have another group uh, who can work their way through it um, and work together. And then what we'll also do next year is, for those who've done those kind of courses, um, a new thing that we'll do is run some workshops, um, uh, gather people together who've um, got that sort of training behind them to, to think together about developing um, those skills that I was talking about earlier, to walk with people in harder uh, places and situations. Um, and that'll be a series of four or five uh, workshops spread over the year. All of that may sound, George, just a bit out of my reach, um, may sound too much for me to take on. Um, let me suggest one or two things that might be um, a kind of an easier way to go at this. Some of you will have seen this spiritual MOT leaflet already. Um, we've been distributing it through home groups. Have Tuesday Central seen it, David, or not? No. Um, so if you go to Tuesday Central, we, we'll make some available there. Yeah, so that you could pick one up. It's, it's a simple kind of leaflet, just uses the Beatitudes to, to say, yeah, just stand back, assess, you know, how you're doing in your spiritual life at the moment. Um, really useful way um, of, uh, of standing back in that way. Um, or how about this? Um, downstairs, you probably, some of you would have walked past them a hundred times. There's a little display with little leaflets like this uh, in the foyer um, that pick out common struggles that people have in life, um, and very briefly, uh, not pretending to be comprehensive, just a few pages of some biblical reflections on those struggles. Um, maybe you'd find one there that relates to something that you're grappling with, or maybe you find one there that relates to something that a friend uh, is going through at the moment. And just by reading that, it wouldn't take you very long at all, um, you'd just have something a little bit wiser uh, to say to them as a result. Um, or perhaps over the coming year, you read um, one of Ed Welsh's books. Uh, when People Are Good Big and God Is Small, the most read uh, book from the biblical counseling kind of stable. 
um, or at the back here, a book that we had as a book of the term not long ago, Side by Side, um, also by Ed Welsh. Either of those would, again, just stir you and get you thinking um, about how to uh, care for other people well with gospel truth. What's our ambition in all of this? Two things, really. Um, The first is that we want to go on shifting the culture of our church, um, getting even better than we are at offering genuine gospel care uh, and rich gospel truth to one another as we seek to live well for Christ. And then also to increase the number of people uh, who are able uh, to love those in harder struggles. Or indeed, uh, increase the number of people who feel confident talking to people who perhaps have never considered that Christ could be any kind of answer to them in the difficulties they face in life. Um, and uh, get wise about how to do that. David. Uh, the third uh, area we're aiming under God to set our sights on uh, as a church family is in church growth initiatives. We are at Christ Church, a community of God's people, wanting to live for Jesus in the power of the Spirit to God's glory. And by God's grace, over the past number of years, we've, we've grown in this place. We're, we're now one church family meeting across four services, the two morning services, uh, 4 p.m. afternoon service, and the evening service here. Uh, one morning service became two morning services because of numbers, and two morning services are beginning to become full if you come in the mornings as well. And we have for some time been praying and talking about how God might use us in growing the gospel work of our church, motivated by Jesus' words um, that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him, so we are to therefore go and make disciples of all nations, and motivated by those words so that men and women, boys and girls, will come to know Christ's saving grace. And so two areas uh, that we are prayerfully setting our sights on. Uh, The first one is a further congregation within this place, in our existing building. Uh, We want to gather a group of people from existing services who would commit to starting a new and distinct congregation uh, within the building here. This group would form a planting team and with the the church leadership would plan and shape a new service, still part of Christ Church, but having its own identity and evangelistic focus, planning a service that would make it as easy as possible to invite new people, friends, neighbours, colleagues, to come and hear about the Lord Jesus. Uh, We're still at an early stage with this, but moving forward, we want to, to pray and plan further, but also to begin to identify individuals and families who might commit to this vision of a new congregation here. And the second initiative we remain committed to is a new church plant meeting in another place, outside of Christ Church. We have for some time wanted to send a planting team to start a new church community in a different location, and that desire still remains. And so in 2019, we hope to appoint a new ordained member of staff with a specific role of gathering and leading a planting team. Now, this will be, as you can imagine, a longer process. It will require the cooperation with our diocese. And so we need to be realistic in our planning and our perseverance to that task, recognizing the launch of a new church like this may still be two to three years away. And as with the other things we're setting our sights on, we are putting them before you 
with the awareness that as a church family together, this will involve all of us depending on the Lord in prayer, asking for his grace, being prepared for sacrificial costs at times in terms of, well, in terms of our time and our comfort, in terms of, of people that we may need to say goodbye to as they go off to do something else for the gospel and our money. And above all, as a church family, continuing to set our sights on our great saviour, Jesus Christ. Now we're going to pause from those thoughts. Uh, There's going to be a bit of time later on where we're going to pray together as a church family towards some of these things. Uh, But we recognize as well, as we make our plans, we do it humbly, uh, remembering who it is that's really in control, and that's God. And so what we're going to do now is sing his praises, reminding ourselves about who he is, and then Steve is going to come and teach us from God's word. As the music begins, let's stand and sing. How do you do with these um, vision things, eh? Um, what do you make of them? Um, I guess all sorts of reactions, I guess, you might have to this, um, to this funny vision business stuff. Um, uh, here, here's some suggestions. Uh, a bit chilled. Kind of, you know, I've heard this kind of stuff before. Um, leaves me a little bit cold, truth be told. Um, idly curious. I wonder what they're going to say this year. Wouldn't be any different to last year, but it's the same kind of stuff. Um, not over fast, a bit cynical. Is that you? Or, or are you excited? You love this stuff. Ambitions. That's my bread and butter. Give me a target, I'll hit it. <laughs> Give me an ambition, I'll reach it. I can do it. Yes. Or perhaps it's just the opposite. You don't love this vision stuff, you hate it. All it seems to do is reinforce your sense of inadequacy. Oh no, another demand upon me. I'll fail again. Bah, boo-hoo, more discouragement, more spiritual failure. Okay, here's my question to you. As we come to this um, Vision Sunday, as you hear some ideas uh, put in front of you, uh, how do you think this verse, uh, the verse that we had as the verse of the month, uh, the verse that we had in our reading as we looked at Psalm 127, How do you think this verse speaks to those three attitudes? Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Has that got anything to do with an attitude that's a bit dismayed, or a bit can do, or a bit chilled? Um, Talk to the person next to you. It's always good to do this, isn't it? We've, we've, we've taught you lots. Um, just, just take a moment just to think. Uh, pick one of those, maybe. You might wanna, not want to whiz through all three. Um, do you think those verses have got anything to say uh, to those attitudes about this whole vision business stuff? Um, just see if you think there is any connection. Uh, I'll give you a couple of minutes to do that. Okay, that'll do. Uh, let, me, let me jump in. Um, I'd be fascinated by your feedback, but um, time marches on, so I won't get you to yell out some, um, uh, some thoughts uh, on this occasion. You can tell me, tell me afterwards. Um, I guess I'm thinking, 
hear about those of us who uh, would, um, would call ourselves believers in Christ, uh, Christian disciples. Um, I guess we could have another category there, which would be um, the kind of bewildered, uh, which, you know, you've, you've arrived trying to find out more about the Christian faith, and all you're hearing is the sort of vision stuff. Well, I hope it'll help you a bit. If you're doing that thinking through, we love having people who are doing that. So if that's you, great, stay. Um, hang around over the next few weeks, and uh, uh, I hope there'll be lots that will help you think about Christ. But um, for those of us who are Christians, um, well, here you go. I reckon that if you are feeling distinctly chilled, not much bothered by this vision stuff, then I think you'd have to say that you've forgotten why this all matters, that you've lost sight of what it is that God has called us into. He's building his house. Uh, in the Old Testament, that psalm uh, addressing about the, the building of the temple. But now he's building a spiritual temple. Uh, he's building his people as living stones. You've forgotten what God's called you into? He's making you to be part of a city on a hill, bringing light to a dark world. It's not something to be chilled about. It's a big thing. Astonishing privilege to be involved in this can't be casual about something like that so if you're excited is that better can do i'm up for it just let me add it well maybe uh, unless your can do-ness is more about you than it is about him and it's all rooted around my capacity my abilities my strength it's very easy to forget that if the church is going to be built it's god who will do it? And what if you're fearful? Well, kind of much the same, actually. Uh, if you're feeling overwhelmed, then chances are, again, you've forgotten that it's not so much about you as it is about him. He has determined to build his house, and he has determined to equip us to be involved in that. See, these are far-reaching verses, aren't they? Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. So easy to, to, to hustle on past those verses. Maybe you've heard them many times before. Uh, maybe you've been uh, trying to memorize it um, this, uh, this past month. But somehow the, the depth of what is being said here is kind of missing you. Because it's huge, isn't it? Without God, we labor in vain. Without the Lord, every single bit of ministry that you and I and lots of other people are giving themselves to here, it's useless. So we, we preach lots of sermons this coming year. We'll sing lots of songs. We'll lead loads of Bible studies. We'll support lots of people. Uh, there'll be lots of money given. There'll be welcomes offered, youth groups led, besoms done, committees attended, courses run, and all of it worth nothing. All of it just a waste of space. Unless the Lord builds the house. Unless God is at work in it. That, that, that's what this verse says. It was true for Solomon building the temple, true for Peter on the day of Pentecost. It's true for us here at Christ Church in 2018, running into 2019. We can give huge energies in great hard work. We can be phenomenally generous in two weeks' time on Giving Sunday. 
we can give hours and hours of service over the coming 12 months and it will be zip for nothing unless the Lord is at work. It's kind of scary that, isn't it? You feel the, feel the scare of that? You want, you want to be somebody who, we want to be a church where we'll be busy, busy, busy for the coming 12 months. And actually God would be gazing down upon us and saying nothing is being accomplished. And it will be so unless the Lord is at work, unless we are people who are looking to him to be at work. Not full of dismay because we think we can't do it, not full of self-confidence because we think we can do it, but looking to him uh, to be at work. And I want to suggest three things quickly. Um, and then we're going to pray. Um, I think what we might do tonight is we might um, uh, have a time when we just throw it open to anyone who wants to pray. Uh, we do that sometimes. Uh, be good to do. Um, so as I go through these things, maybe if uh, something strikes you, just sort of hold it in your head, scribble it on a bit of paper, um, turn it into a prayer um, in a few minutes' time. Now let me suggest three things that spill out of uh, these verses. Uh, first, uh, we need to believe I know you're thinking, oh, this is obvious. You know, church, faith, I get all of that. Um, but actually, it's not obvious. And we walk past that so quickly, so easily. We've got to believe. We've got to, we've got to be persuaded that there is a Savior who's come in the flesh and made his dwelling among us. There is a Savior who worked miracles and revealed his glory. There is a saviour who died on the cross and rose bodily from the grave. There is a saviour who now reigns in glory and sends his spirit to his people. We need to believe that such a saviour lives and works and will one day return in glory to bring all things to its proper conclusion and stand in judgment over every man and woman. And the reason that uh, we are going to be studying John's gospel this year uh, is in order that we might fall in love with the Savior all over again. Uh, that's going to be our plan. It's one of the things we're going to do this coming 12 months is we're going to base ourselves um, entirely in John's gospel. Um, for Well, not entirely. Almost all our preaching is going to come from John's gospel. We'll have some other series dotted in. Um, but we're going to get through every single verse in John's gospel in our preaching over the coming 12 months. We'll be studying it in small groups a lot of the time. And we'll be encouraging people to read it in their quiet times. It, we had a brilliant day yesterday um, looking at the Word one-to-one, a brand new evangelistic resource using John's Gospel. And you'll be hearing more about that. About 50 of us uh, were really inspired yesterday uh, to use that um, in the business of talking about Jesus to other people. Um, so in all sorts of ways, uh, we're going to be rooted in John's gospel. And our ambition will be that as the year unfolds, uh, John 20 will be true for us. Here's how John wraps up his gospel. These things are written, John said, so that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by, le by believing we might have life in his name. I do want you to see that that's not something that kind of, you know, we do once at the start of our Christian life and then we just leave that behind. You know, I did that believing thing, came to faith, um, and now I just get on and busy, busy with discipleship. No, that the whole of life is growing in these convictions, growing uh, in our faith in who Christ is and what he does. 
And we never stop needing to come back and gazing at Jesus and coming to love him more, uh, coming to see more clearly who he is and, and trust and believe in him uh, more than we do. So first, uh, we need to believe. And then secondly, um, uh, we need to pray. It's, it's an obvious implication. If, if we really are as dependent as this verse says we are on the Lord, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. If we're so dependent upon him, of course we've got to pray. We've got to beg him to help us. Uh, and I wonder where prayer is in your plan uh, for your coming 12 months. Is it anywhere? Easy, isn't it, to make all sorts of plans, set all sorts of ambitions, and then forget to pray. But what we want to do this year is uh, uh, make use and be confident in this great promise uh, that John makes. Uh, when John, John tells us, Jesus speaking, very truly I tell you, says Jesus, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. There's a promise to grab hold of. We're going to make this a year of prayer. We're going to begin with the week of prayer. Uh, you've seen these flyers. I hope you've been around over the last few weeks. Uh, 7.30 tomorrow morning, first of uh, these meetings. They're dotted through the week at different times. Uh, I hope uh, at least one of them suits everybody. I hope several of them uh, might suit you, and you can come to, to more than one. Uh, we're going to meet to pray this coming week. Uh, as we begin this year, as we intend to continue. Um, and then we'll press on with our, with our monthly prayer gatherings, Prayer 150. Um, they're the second Wednesday of every month. Um, it would give me great delight um, if, um, if all of you just sort of logged that in your Google calendar, second Wednesday of the month, uh, our Prayer 150, um, and came to be a part of that. Uh, we want to gather together to pray, month in, month out. Um, but we don't just want to do it in those, in those gatherings. Uh, love you to be, um, love all of us uh, to be fostering our own individual prayer life. Jesus was big on that, wasn't he? Um, when you go to your room, shut the door and pray in secret to your Father when no one else is watching. It's just you and him. Uh, he was big on that. Uh, you ready to grow in that private, secret life of prayer? Well, we'd love to find ways to encourage you to do that as well. Um, dotted in through our sermon series will be uh, occasional uh, talks on prayer, uh, the principles, the practice, the theory, uh, what the Bible has to say uh, to help us and encourage us and get us praying. Um, so that'll be another part uh, of our year together. To believe, uh, to pray, um, and finally, slightly oddly, uh, to work hard. Uh, you might think, hang on a minute, I thought you said it was unless the Lord builds the house. Um, isn't it all about him? Well, yes, but, but don't misread the verse. See, Psalm 127 verse 1 doesn't say, since the Lord builds the house, the builders had a long coffee break uh, and just watched the building go up all on its own. It's not the way the verse goes. It's not the way that the church gets built. It's not the way that God plans to do uh, his kingdom. Uh, no, he does intend for us to work hard so that even though we are completely and utterly dependent upon him, he still expects us to labor. You could put it like this. That, that there's clearly something distinctly unspiritual about not praying. But there's nothing unspiritual about working hard for the Lord. Now, the Apostle Paul, end of Colossians 1, 
Uh, funny little combination here, isn't it? See, see what Paul says? I strenuously contend with all the energy that Christ so powerfully works in me. Just wonderful little combination, do you see? There's Paul knowing that the energy that he's got to get on and do things comes from Christ. And because of that, he gets on and really strives. Strenuously works for Christ. Uh, it's a wonderful balance uh, in Paul's understanding. So there, there's three things uh, that you might hang on to. Uh, believe. We're going to do that looking at John's Gospel. Pray. And we're going to encourage and stir one another on to pray. Um, and work hard. Find an area of ministry. You, you're not yet worked out how God would have your gifts used here. Not latched into an area of ministry. Um, come and chat to us. Uh, Rachel, David, um, or, or I would be glad to think that through with you. Uh, or link you up with somebody else who could help you think through. Uh, what are the gifts that God has given to you? Uh, and how would he have them used as part of the body of Christ here?